South Africa posts larger than expected trade gap and we look at South Sudan's move to combat the dollarization of its economy. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse on everything business. In Africa, I am Ruthadong. For more, follow us on Twitter at the Financial, and you can find me at Ruthadong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. The Bank of South Sudan recently directed that all local transactions be in the South Sudan pound in an effort to rein in inflation and the attendant cost of living and lock out dollar speculators. Some regional businesses have seen this as the right move, while others fear it might cause capital flight. A call dog, managing partner with Oris Consult, joins us for this episode to analyze what the directive means to the different players in the South Sudan economy. What are the factors behind the depreciation of the South Sudan pound? Some of the factors that are contributing to the depreciation of the SSP has to do with the general overview of the South Sudan economy. You have an economy that is largely based on imports and the largest uh, export is crude oil. But in return, when you export as crude oil, you still have to import refined petroleum product. So there's a lack of value addition. Number two, um, you're seeing the, the, the issue of inflation, which has affected all African countries since the COVID-19 pandemic and since the Russia-Ukraine war. And so these are some of the factors that are putting pressure on the SSP. And on top of that, now you have a unity government, and this unity government is costing the government a lot of money. So there's a high need for money to operate and fund the government as opposed to putting this money into the market and putting this money into investments. Expand on government's decision to ban all dollar transactions Are there any exceptions to this ban? The idea behind the ban of all dollar transactions is to combat the dollarization of the economy. There's been a growing uh, demand for U.S. dollars, and then there has been a a reduction of the demand for SSP, because now many people are focusing on just the dollars. Some people receive their salary in dollars, and then they pay their rent in dollars. Then they pay for basic commodities in dollars in the supermarket, uh, at petrol stations. And then they don't inject this money into the market. So now you have an you have a parallel currency, and that's why you see the SSP losing a lot of value. And according to the central bank, uh, there is no exceptions. This encourage all people to use SSP in business transactions, in commercial transactions, the payment of salaries, and the payment of operations. These types of things to create a demand for the SSP. Which sectors will be most affected by this ban? The biggest sectors that are going to be affected are those who import key commodities. Because now, if you're somebody who needs dollars to go to regional markets to import uh, maize flour, to import fuel, to import cooking oil, you're going to have to go to the black market to get dollars if there's a there's a lack of hard currency in the market. And so as opposed to going to the bank and getting the dollars at the bank rate, you go to the black market, uh, increase the demand for the dollars, and then you're going to have to import the commodity in USD and then sell it in uh, SSP. So these are sectors, the importation sector is the one that's going to be affected the most. And the sectors that benefit the most from this are sectors already earning dollars, those who work for oil operators, work to uh, international uh, organizations. Those types of people won't be affected because they already get paid in U.S. dollars and they'll just simply have dollars and they'll be able to trade these dollars on the market. We are seeing an increasing restriction of dollar transactions on the 
continent to boost the use of local currencies? Is this the most feasible way to bolster local currencies? I think this is a short-term approach and it doesn't do anything. I think in Africa, we have to look at what is the level of importation? What is the level of exports? Because we have this issue across Africa where we are heavily importing key commodities and key goods. You have countries that have energy resources like Nigeria and South Sudan who are importing refined petroleum products when they produce crude oil. You have countries that are importing food and grain from Europe, from the Middle East. And so we have to focus on the issue of local production. How do we build a strong local economy? And how do we have a sort of uh, import substitution system where we can start producing some of these goods locally uh, as opposed to uh, importing them from international markets? A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. Ghana's finance ministry says it's taking steps to ensure payments of coupons and principles of old bonds resume on March 13th following the conclusion of a domestic debt exchange program. It also said in a statement that the newly issued bonds have been settled and listed and would become the new benchmark bonds for the fixed income market. Ghana has to restructure its debt to secure $3 billion international monetary fund bailout. South Africa's unemployment rate eased to 32.7% in the fourth quarter of 2022, the lowest since the first quarter of 2021, from 32.9% in the prior period. The number of unemployed persons rose by 28,000 to 7.75 million. The employed increased by 169,000 to 15.93 million, and the labor force went up by 197,000 to 23.6 million. Among the sectors, finance, private households, trade, and transport posted the biggest job gains, while community and social services, construction, and agriculture shared jobs. The expanded definition of unemployment, which includes those discouraged from seeking work, was 42.6% in the fourth quarter, down from 43.1% in the third quarter. Meanwhile, the youth unemployment rate, measuring job seekers between 15 and 24 years old, rose to 61% in the fourth quarter of 2022, up from an over two-year low of 59.6% in the previous period. South Africa recorded a trade deficit of 23.1 billion rand in January of 2023, larger than market expectations of 10 billion, swinging from a downwardly revised surplus of 5 billion rand in the prior month. This is the widest monthly trade shortfall since April of 2020, as exports slipped 14.4% of a month to a year low of 139.4 billion rand amid a sharp reduction in shipments of vehicles and transport equipment, precious metals and stones, machinery and electronics, and prepared foodstuff. Top export partners were China, the US and Japan. Meanwhile, imports rose 2.9% to 162.4 billion rand as higher purchases of vegetables, original equipment components and chemical products more than offset decreases in those of vehicles and transport equipment and mineral products. The main import partners were China, Germany and the US. And a quick look at the markets. Gold extended its downward trend to its $1,800 per ounce, the lowest since December of 2022, as hotter than expected economic data fund concerns about hawkish central bank policies. In his speech to an economics class at Harvard University, Federal Reserve Governor Philip Jefferson defended the central bank's 2% inflation target 
warning that changing it could destabilize inflation expectations. Money markets have now priced at least three more 25 basis point rate hikes this year and see interest rates peaking at around 5.5% by June. The previous metal is down more than 6% in February on track for its sharpest monthly decline since June of 2021. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good Morning Africa is a product of the Q Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website that is thekfinancial.com and don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at thekfinancial and you can find me at withadon.com.